There's no way as a coach you can say that I have an experienced rationale above my players on something like the wall. Let's see, does this work together? And then if you get a good vibe off it, let's bring it in. If you don't, all right, coach. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Like I said, we're joined on the line by the examiner's uh, GA writer, Morris Brosman. Good morning to you, Morris. You're a United fan, if somebody, uh, somebody told me, is that right? Uh, Adrian, I am just uh, head in the clouds with GA coverage this weekend. I haven't had a chance to watch the game last well, night. Well, I tell you what, we've, <laughs> we've a spare 20 minutes here if you want to pick through. <laughs> um, tell us, there's obviously so much to, to look forward to um, around the country the weekend. What's the game that you're, uh, you're most looking forward to? Um... I'd say, like, from this weekend, I'd say Kevin Armagh, I think, could be a cracker. I, think, I really think that could be a, a blockbuster game. Going back to 2019, they met, went to a replay in 2019, two brilliant games. There's probably, you know, in this brave new world we're entering, there's probably more on the line in that game than some other games. So if you go back to last weekend, for example, right, you could have made the case that Tyrone didn't seem too disheartened by losing to Monaghan. For Manai, even though they were, were technically in with a chance of making a Sam Maguire, they're on the dog side of the draw that it was a really tough outcome for the, to get there whereas materially Cavan have a really good chance of making a Sam Maguire they need to make an Ulster final to make that happen our Maz record in Ulster is awful like for 15 years now mm. I think they've won 7 games in Ulster and they've lost 14 drawn 2 um, that's including their win this year obviously they've never made an Ulster final every other team in Ulster has made an Ulster final in the last 15 years so there's, I think there's a huge amount on the line there which the new buzzword in the last couple of weeks has been jeopardy. It feels like there's a, there's a good bit of jeopardy around that game. Kevin, remind me of my own county in an awful lot of ways in that you never know even much. I've been paying a fair bit of attention to Division 3 and you just never know from one week to the next. At one point, they looked like they were going to run away with it. And then they got snaffed a little bit towards the end. Um, so you have that, obviously, a very good side on their day, of course. And you had Maliki Rourke saying during the week that he expects them to give Armagh a scare, but ultimately Armagh to get over the line. Is that the way you see it? Potentially, yeah. The one thing about Kevin compared to... I think sometimes we find it hard to adjudicate on how athletically developed are certain teams. But then when you look at Kevin and the way they speak about Andre Quinn, they've got a full-time strength conditioning coach there, a guy with a rugby background. And there is definitely, you see elements of that. You see you know, players who were wiped by down in an under-21 game a couple of years ago come back and play down again in a Division 3 game this year. And the athletic development, they were dwarfing guys. Like There's something that's happened in the last couple of years that there's been a huge acceleration there. And I think that's critical in a game like this. Like, can you match up with Kieran Mackin and Jerry O'Burns and Ben Creeley and all these incredible athletes that Armagh have around the middle territory? So Kevin are a, a, a tricky matchup for Armagh. In saying that, I, I think Armagh probably have better players, but that hasn't got it done for them over the last couple of years. So I, I do think this is a, a crucial game for Armagh. I wouldn't buy into the idea at all that uh, they might have an eye on trying to, to like a bond stretch. Ulster now, it has to be all about Ulster for Armagh and uh Based on that, I'd, I'd slightly shade it towards them, but I wouldn't be one bit surprised if this is, is a one-point game or even a draw. Do you, do you think it's all about Ulster for them, or is it like get back to Crow Park and you know go one better from last year? Like, what's Geezer's mentality here? Yeah, Johnny, but to, but to what end, though? Like, mm. our, if, you, if you take your eye off this, I, the psychological damage of that, I think, is, is, is criminal. Like, I mm. really think it was... And particularly, you have to take this in the context of coming off the back of what was a pretty poor league. Um, now... Anytime you've spoken to Armagh coaches, they're fairly adamant that they didn't change their style, that it was down to execution and if a couple of things had clicked. Um, I have to say, I, I don't see evidence of that. Um, watching with my eye, they, they were dropping off kickouts completely against Kerry up in Tralee this year. They didn't do that when they played Kerry last year. Um, they were playing with maybe one up top a lot of the times. 
they weren't doing that last year. Green O'Neill was out around the middle. He spent a lot more time up top mm. last year. So from from what I could see, that's not true. But um, I did. It started to click towards the end of the league. I thought they, they get the best signs of their performance was actually the final game against Tyrone. They looked pretty good that day. For take it what you want against Antrim. I don't know how much you can read into that game, but they you know they look pretty good there. I think psychologically, a, a loss in Cavan and. You know the wagon start to circle and all that sort of thing. I I do genuinely believe it's a it's a huge game for him. Last one on that the the biggest frustration probably and you're touching on it there from an Armagh point of view is that sort of uh, failure to take the shackles off or whatever we want to wear. Lack of attacking football, the inability to get ahead of the defensive wave almost, which I think against Antrim seemed to be they seem to go for it a little bit more. I don't know if that's but no disrespect to them, but because they're playing Antrim, do you expect a little bit of a revert to type this weekend or what will the Armagh pro- approach be? Oh geez, you'd hope so. Um, yeah, you'd hope so. Just because I, I would make for this game could be as entertaining as Tyrone Monaghan last week. I know that's a big shout, but just go back to how good that 2019 game was when Darren McGreedy got mad of the match. It was a it was a genuine thriller. Um, I have to say, the, maybe it's hard to read into the entry game. I know that, but even if you go back to their final league game when they're playing to try and stay up that day, they did kick the ball more. Um, so there's elements of that. You know, you go back to last weekend or against sorry, two weekends ago against Antrim, and you had Adrian Forker getting sidelines and Lobbin just you know floating. It was kind of a an agricultural ball into the, the square, which broke kindly. Neville ended a goal chance. Kieran Mackin did it as well, um, just floating one off the outside of his right foot. So based off that, you would like to see kind of front foot football. And uh, fingers crossed, we get a, a the game to match it. Forget forget about Ulster and we might forget about Leinster as well. well what did you make of like look at, just look at the Galway? The, the hang Galway. on, hang on, hang on. Let's 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 let's, let's, let's uh, the uh, Jim McGuinness Derby. We're we need to touch on before we do that uh, on Sunday. What's going to happen? Uh, a very similar game. I I think the for all the the two teams were on kind of very different trajectories. Like for all down were down and out last year. There was disharmony around management. There was all this talk about. It was this time last year, I don't know if you remember, lads, with all this talk about the training camp that, that Donegal um, went on, started to, or that down went on, sorry, that started to come out. And then you flip it a year later and suddenly that Donegal have lost their manager, down of a, a new manager in their upward trajectory. There's a lot of hype around the way their 20s are playing. Even more interesting that they seem to be prioritising the Arteta senior. Um, I think from, from all that, there's two teams that are totally different trajectory. And you go back to that idea, it's kind of an immaterial thing, it's hard to put your finger on, but the, that idea of momentum, of a vibe, of a kind of the goodwill that's been generated, that seems to be all there for down. It doesn't be there for Donegal. So I would uh, I would shade it towards down. Plus the fact that they have um they have a man in there who seems to know his, his own county pretty well, which has to be an advantage. Then on to Connick before we move on to um obviously the I don't even know if we're going to talk L- about Leinster. Looking at league, that might be it might be the, the third province at the moment. The Galway attack rights, Tierney, Heaney, Cook, Burke, Comer, Walsh, right? Um but I, I do want to get you on the goalkeeping situation because we spoke about like giving players confidence and all that. And this one probably was a tough one to be fair. He's gone for power over. Um, you know, I, I think Conor Gleeson does get a lot of slack, and Conor Gleeson is probably thinking, "Well, I've done enough to be picked here." He isn't though. Yeah, um, like yeah, Johnny. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I think you you kind of have to be conscious of that, particularly if you're you're in the county here. Like the um, there's two sides to this, right? There is the I, I think Conor Gleeson gets totally unfair slack. I don't think this is a a black and white decision that one is massively better than the other. There's a lot of sort of stuff that Conor Gleeson does that I don't think he gets enough credit for. Mm. It was pointed out to me recently that during the league he was actually kicking kickouts with his left and right foot. Wow. So, so it's really hard if you can get a press on a guy like that who's, who's kicking dual footed. That's pretty. It's a really hard thing to do. You know, you can't read a guy's body position and then it's a lot harder to get a press on. And then 
you've got situations where like you've got situations where Galway are in, in a league final a team who got to an Ireland final last year are kind of champions there should be a lot of goodwill around the team and their social media accounts have to turn off comments because of the abuse that a, a, a guy's getting over selection I think it's, it's totally wrong so you're kind of hesitant to wade into that but just purely in a, in a football sense I think there's absolutely a case for, for Bernie Power to play like he was brilliant against uh, Kerry I think it, it, it's a nice in many ways it's a nice decision to make I think this reminds some people to get kind of a bad flashback to 2019 where Galway kept picking between their goalkeepers and frequently would name one and then start a different one which seemed to add more pressure and uh, it didn't always work out as well whereas I think this is a totally different scenario I think this is two good goalkeepers it's a nice choice to have uh, Gleason got an absolute boomer of a long kick out I think Bernie Power picked against Kerry was really good with those kind of short pipped ones so it's interesting yeah it's very interesting that uh, they went with with power, but I don't think it's I don't think the the certain elements of discourse I think are very unfair around this, and you're kind of reluctant to get into that. So purely from a from a football sense, I can see the the logic in going with power. I, I like the fact though that um and Morris would have seen like I would have seen Conor Gleeson back playing for Galway United, but on the Galway thing, I like the fact that Galway are just very much warned of what to expect from Roscommon here from the league game in Pierce Stadium and also the the game in Castlebar, obviously where I, I just think Galway have the forwards to basically just overcome whatever scenario they're in here. Yeah, and I think that league game in... Uh, I remember I covered that league game in uh, Pierce Stadium and it was uh, by a distance the worst game I've covered this year. Mm. It was just a, a, an absolutely dreadful game. And I, that was the, was the angriest I've ever seen Joyce afterwards about the, the manner. He kind of... He'd been asked a couple of times during that, the league. Remember the end of the Mayo game when the, they failed to control mm. the possession there and the, it was a draw. And similar thing, they were up and didn't score for the last 20 minutes. And he kind of seeded there, right? We There's something here that we need to fix, like the way we're closing out games. Um, and I think since that, from that point on, Galway's trajectory has been kind of upwards. So that was, I think that was a crucial league game. A couple of things within that game, which I think we'll see again this weekend. I mentioned this last time I was on the show that, um, Connor, uh, Connor Carroll, who's, he's from Galway. He's an Omar Mary man. Uh, he played for Joyce under Galway under 20s before he transferred to, uh, Roscommon. His, he's got family in Roscommon. His uncle is the chairperson of Roscommon, but he, uh, he went 100% long with his kickouts against Galway that day. I think they won't get as much joy out of that because Galway will be well warned about that. Um, since that Roscommon game, John Maher has been an a, a unbelievable find in midfield for Galway. He'd be a, a nice foil there. Um, the matchups in this game are still pretty good, I think. like The, the two teams fit each other well. But yeah, I, I think there's no there's no chance of um, a similar kind of uprising or heist or whatever you want to call it where Roscommon comes thrown in under the radar. Galway know exactly what they're, they're going to get this weekend. They won't get as much joy out of it, or they'll have a different tactic in terms of the Roscommon kickout. No, I, I uh, from every soundings that I've seen, I, I don't think they're they change up. I think they yeah. they trust in what they're doing. That they they fully. That's one thing about David Burke's team. Like they're fully. I think they have huge conviction in what they're trying to do. They know exactly. Totally. They're all on the, the one page, and uh, even against like perfectly. even against a big Galway midfield. Shane Curran was talking a good bit about it on the show yesterday. No, you just you just say that's it. This is our style, and on we go. I think so. Yeah. No, the only the only thing in that is if Galway do when Galway played Kerry, they started off that game. They were you know flat to the match. Two teams that seemed to suit each other really nicely, and then about fifteen minutes in, Galway decided have it and gave it up to Kerry Short and said, "You can try and we're so." I think Galway are one of the best teams in the country out of possession. Like they are, they're. Hopefully the best really defence in the league, like. And especially the way they're, they're to free up John Daly. A lot of teams would should look to that, Johnny, to see how they managed to create that plus one, trying to keep their, whatever you want to call their sweeper, uh, free so he can he can do that job. But um, 
to, so, so to come back to that point, you could just drop off, give it to their full back line and say, you need to work that ball through every single line of us. And then in the face of that, I think it would be 99% of teams would do that. They would tap it to the cornerback. I think it would be very interesting to see Woodrow's comment still say, let's put it out on the middle. We might not win it, but we're not going to lose either and just make it a, a dogfight out there. That will be one course of the thing if Galway decides to, to opt for that, which they've done a couple of times in the past. And some teams are, I think that's becoming a, that tactic is coming back in again. Um, I watched it back, Longford and Offaly recently, Offaly totally conceded their kick out. Like just said, you can have a short. So Longford ended up 100% on their own kick out, but they couldn't, they weren't able to work the ball forward. They scored two points after their own kick out that day. So if you can't work through every single line of defence, you're trying to run that ball every single time. It's a very different thing to do. So that's, that's if that happens, Galloway would do that. Then it would be interesting to see how Roscom respond. But under the premise that they go mano on mano and a big press, I wouldn't expect Roscom to change. When you're uh, watching back replays along for Offaly, Morris, you know you're in too deep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I first came across Morris doing articles for the Go United match programme. He's actually gone up a level of like erudite nature in sports since. Like, but <laughs> well, I actually mischaracterised him at the start yeah. to say the GA writer, which is totally <laughs> underplaying his brief. Senior sports writer. Um, to who is, you sounded like you were press ganged into agreeing with Johnny earlier on about Go winning this one. They're 4 to 9 favourites. Like, Go are heavy favourites here, regardless. Well, everybody like, agrees with you, including Shane Curran yesterday. What do you think, Morris? Yeah, I think they, I think they're just the fibre favourites. Uh, to be honest, do you go back to the? So I know they they lost the league game, but you go back to the the kind of final last year was similar weather you'd hope to see in Imperial Stadium and Galway Carr from Open and the two key players for Galway that day were Homer Walsh. Was the first time they, I think, it was one of the very few times in their career that they both played well in the same day. They didn't you know, play at all both. in the league game. Like Homer came off after ten minutes, Walsh wasn't playing. That, that was the day he did his knee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he, it's, uh, six minutes in, he, he collapsed in the square. And but even you know, you go back over the last couple of years, Johnny. Like it's there's a kind of a quirk of it that one of them plays well or the other plays well. But mm. the, the All Ireland final is a perfect example again. Mm. Like Shane mm. Walsh was as a day probably didn't happen for Homer. The semi final was the opposite. Mm. You could you could argue. Um, but that day against Rathcommon, they were both brilliant. Comer, speaking of long kickouts, Comer was out around midfield. Uh, he, that was the way they started doing that. Conor Gleeson Boomer out where he was kind of punching the ball on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that back this weekend. So, But the fact that the two of them are back in the field, they're both training. It sounds like everything from the soundings, Gollum have been well worn. You see a lot of teams now doing these training camps. Scholar out in Portugal. They were up in Dublin last weekend. The teams are all kind of opting for that. So mm. I think they've been well worn. They're well prepped. Uh, I, I'd be... Or eating that way, but I think this could be tight as well. Yeah, a whole lot of players that are worth the entry fee alone to go in and see that one. That's the hide. On well, Sunday as long as Roscommon don't like decide to like murder the ball in position for three and a half minutes without going anywhere, like so. Well, it's over to you, Davy. You're not going to get away with that against Galway. It might work in Castlebar. It won't, it won't be. Unfortunately, it won't be unique if they if they you'll see plenty of that around. Funny, no. After the game, like, after the game, the Tyrone Monaghan game, like I think the public won't really allow for that sort of stuff. I think it's every game you see, it's an absolute curse. It's it mm. makes you want to. Disappear for ten minutes. Well, come well, back well you, you do say like this is uh, off point. But you do like do you bring in like a, a time limit here on how much you can actually have the ball in one movement? A shot clock. A shot clock. You can't have like three minutes of possession going nowhere. Um, now the game is evolving, but like you want games like last Sunday, not the previous Sunday. Let's be honest, regardless of what the weather is. Um, I'm going to. Um, say that we'll come back to the shot lock at a certain point down the track, Mars, because I want to ask you about Kerry Tip uh, before we let you away. And the team, obviously, Kerry team named last night. And of the 14 available from the starting 15 that won the All Ireland last year, 12 start, and the other two are just coming back from injury. Obviously, a mixed bag in the league, but this is an incredible statement of intent now from Kerry. Yeah, going home, speaking of training camps, another team who took this break well went away and um, seemed to be motored very nicely. Uh, I think, Adrian, you know, that. 
a lot of teams you apply a, an unfair bar certain to to all Ireland winners. Like immediately they win in Ireland, and the next thing is okay. Now where is their improvement? Where is the the level they need to get to? And I don't think now you could say on paper there's a lot of good squads and you know Dublin have recalled a lot of have very talented players. But have you seen any evidence from the league so far that a team has it in them to go beyond what Kerry got to last year? So is the bar for Kerry not just to get to the same level of quality they got to last year and they probably win in Ireland again? I, I think that's an argument there. I also think they, they did their best to unearth one or two players and just for bad luck or injury or whatever, it didn't work out. You know, they tried to... I think there was a lot of hype around Stefan Ockenbar and they really pushed to get him back in the team. He was playing midfield. He was excellent at times during the league and then uh, just cruelly did his hamstring again and uh, required surgery and that's just... That's a real setback. Um, Donald Sullivan's another guy actually who really struggled with hamstring injuries. I think Fon Fitzgerald had to reteach him his running mechanics, like mm. basically reteach him how to, to run. He was dogged by injuries. Like this is a guy in in 2017, Kerry played Clare in a Munster semi-final, I think. Clare scored three points on play that day. Kerry back to by 24 points. And uh, David Clifford was, was playing that day, but the talk leaving after that game was about O'Sullivan, who was in beside him. I think he scored 2-8. Um, so he's been a lot of hype around him since then. He finally started to we see that this year. He's on the bench. I wouldn't be one surprised to see him get more championship minutes. But by and large, yeah, it's the same same bulk of what they had last year. And uh, I think what what harm, you know, when you've as as I, as I say, I don't see a team who's gone taking a huge step forward that carry okay. Now that's suddenly that's the level they need to reach. So until that happens, I think they're they're in a pretty good place. It should have been Dublin with the players that they have from the semi final last year, but it just hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. And that's that's, that's we'll, where we're at. We'll talk about Leinster football when it gets interesting, <laughs> which is once the uh, Leinster championship is over. Um, Morris. Senior sports writer for the Irish Examiner. <laughs> Thanks a million for jumping on. Enjoyed that. Thanks, Les. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.